Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Now, here's what I want us to do. How many of you talked to somebody before you went to bed last night about what God did in your heart last night? Tell the truth. All right. Awesome. Good. So, I would love it if like two or three of you would be willing to just share what you heard, what you felt last night. Volunteer. So, I'd love two to three students, and then I at least love uh, two leaders to also share. Not about what happened with you and between you and a student, but actually leader what happened in your own heart. You volunteered. Come on up here, girl. Say your name, where you're from, and then say what you heard last night. Okay. So my name is Anna Adams. I'm from Fort Mill, South Carolina. I go to Lakeshore. Woohoo! Um, so, yeah, TKK. Um, anyways, so I've really been struggling with, like, making time for God. I have a new job, and um, so, I don't know. My life has just been super crazy. This is the first summer where my mom trusts me enough to hang out with my friends and so I wanted to be able to, like, go out and do stuff. So I've just been struggling making time with that, so um, I surrendered that to God. I also had a vaping addiction, and I surrendered that to God also. Um, so when I get home, I'm throwing that stuff out. Get out of here, Satan! Not today, Satan! <laughs> yes! Amazing. Somebody else? Yes, ma'am, right there. There's something going on in the second row. I like it. T- tell everybody uh, your name, where you're from, and then what you heard. Um, my name is Tegan Olson. I am from Tegan K, South Carolina. Um, I go to Lakeshore. Um, so um, I've been struggling with, um, I've been hearing all these stories about people hearing or seeing or having visions of God. And I always thought, like, God doesn't love me as much as them because I haven't heard from God. Last night, I heard from God, and I realized God loves me just as much as anyone else. God loves you just as much as anyone else. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Give me five, girl. Hold up, give me five. And you said that with conviction. Oh, you're going to high five, too. I love it. Okay, so that's two from South Carolina. No offense, Tiga K, but I'm going to ask somebody from Alabama. Anybody from Alabama that got a story from last night? You raised your hand. Yeah. Well, you count, so come on up here, bud. Yes, sir. Stand right here. And your shirt says this, prayed for this. So that's what happened. You just prayed for this. So here you go. Say your name, where you're from, and then what you heard. Um, my name's Donovan. I'm from Alabama Restoration Church. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, well, for me, I was thinking, yeah, maybe this will go fine. I didn't know what church camp was going to be like. I was like, I'm going somewhere, and I'm not going to see my family for three days. So I was kind of happy about that. Uh, so, for me, it was kind of like a stirring in my chest, but I didn't hear anything. Uh-huh. I just got help from a leader, and then I was fine after that. Are you having a good time at camp? Yes. Gaga Ball has been getting me through these days. <laughs> I love it. Give it up for Donovan. Bro, you're natural. He's all, let's just have a conversation here. I'm just going to talk to you for a bit. 
Awesome. You know what? This is going so good. How about two more? Yo, come on, bro. Everybody's pointing to you. Yes. Everybody's like pointing at you like you got something good. So say your name, where you're from, and what you heard. All right. Um, my name is Caleb. I'm from, where am I from? Oh, I'm from Pittsburgh. I go to Hope Chapel. Okay, there you go. Sydney. Sydney, wave. There you go. Wave, Sydney, wave. <laughs> so um, I've kind of been going to youth for, like, youth camp for four. I think this is my third or fourth time. And every single time, I always have the same experience where I've fallen out and then, uh, like, the fire has started, as people say. And I kind of shared this with the devotion uh, a little bit before service started, but I never realized that I've never actually heard his voice, God's, until last night. And I guess, church, you should probably be open with people. So even though I don't know half of you, I'll just tell you. Um, <laughs> I'm about to get real deep. Um, I was actually planning on taking my life next this week when I went back because I felt lost and I felt like I wasn't worthy of anything. And last night I realized I was when I don't I don't remember his name, but. I'm looking for him right now, but I don't know where the man who prayed for me was, but I, he didn't know who I was, but he was talking perfectly to me, and he was talking about a weight on my shoulder that I've been feeling for over a year now, and I was planning on this being my last weekend with my friends before I took my life, and I'm happy to say I'm not gonna anymore, because... <laughs> Because in the end, like, I struggle with a lot of crap, but in the end, like, like, it was perfect what we were singing today because in his name, nothing else really mattered. Like, when, what I say with that is, like, like, depression, anxiety, and all that, it doesn't matter when you say his name. So, yeah. yeah. Hold up. Stay right here for a second. Okay, y'all. He just opened up his heart in a major way. So I want us to do this as a show of support and love. Why don't we all stand to our feet and give this dude a standing ovation. Proud of you. You're going to stay with us, and you're going to live a long life with Jesus. Love it, brother. Thank you, guys. So, yes, sir, in the blue, blue jacket, you come on right down. He was ready to yell it, but you can use the microphone. Awesome. Tell everybody your name, where you're from, and what you heard. Um, I'm Caspian Cook. I'm from TK, South Carolina, and uh, Lakeshore. Let's go. Uh, and last night, I, I just got one word, and I wasn't completely sure what it meant until after he shared what uh, he shared, and I just felt like that was really powerful. Uh, I got one word, and that was freedom. Um, and that applied to me and some of the things in my life. Uh, but I felt after he w shared what he shared, that freedom is what has happened to him, uh, has just changed him in a way. And I feel like he is going to have 
a better life and he is going to just excel at everything he does. Thank you, Caspian. All right. How about two leaders? Where are my leaders at? Yes, sir, in the sound booth. I'm loving that. Yes. Come on, sound man. Come on, sound man. Actually, not sound. You're the tech, tech guru. And come on, how can you not love the shirt? Mario. Yes, sir. Tell everybody your name, where you're from, and what you heard. Uh, my name is Bradley Holland. I go to Lakeshore. I'm from Fort Mill, South Carolina. <laughs> hey, that's what's up, Lakeshore people. Um, I just wanted to share a quick story. Um, this adds on to camp, but I wanted to mention that for a year now, I've been suffering with depression. Um, I just really feel like that I haven't been hearing from God for a while. I feel like I haven't had any opportunity to do what it is he's called me for and stuff. Um, don't have a job, don't drive. I've just been really down in the dumps recently, but as this year has started and with this camp, I really feel like the Lord is giving me loads of joy. Um, I feel like I'm getting back to where I was. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Awesome. Somebody said, you gotta have this dude. Are you from TKK? Okay, get up here. <laughs> just kidding, I, all the love for TKK. They're on fire. Okay. Yes, sir. Tell everybody who you are, where you're from, and what you heard. Uh, my name's Austin, and I know there's nobody else here where I'm from, because I'm actually from West Virginia, uh, but I'm, yeah, thank you. But, uh, so I'm interning here with uh, New Hope Worship Center. Uh, yeah. Uh, but so last night, and this camp has really just been a real justification for me. Um, you know, I've grown up in a Baptist church. And so, really, until recently, there's not been a lot of spirit movement in my life. It's not something that's ever really stressed. But to be able to come here and be able to watch all these young people and sit here and let them teach me how to worship has been such an amazing thing. Um, and about a year and a half ago, I felt the call to ministry that that was what I was supposed to do. And through that time, I struggled with my doubts. It's like, is this really what I'm supposed to do? Am I really ready to do this? you know, trying to figure out if I need to go do more schooling to, you know, really become qualified. But I've just had so many people pour into me, and it's become such a common theme in this camp to where once you are called, you have all the tools that you need. It's like once God calls you, you have the qualifications. Hey, there's nothing that you can do to add to that. It's like everything that you have is within you. And that's been such a reassuring thing for me to get rid of all those doubts and all of those worries about if I'm qualified. It's like this weekend is a short. It's like this is what I'm meant to do. And that's been such an amazing and beautiful thing to experience. And I'm so thankful for that. Thank you, brother. All right. Is there anybody who you just feel like I got to share? Like it's like fire in my bones. Yes, sir. Right back there. Come on up here, bro. Yeah. Tell everybody your name, where you're from, and then what you heard. What's up, everybody? I'm JJ from Huntsville, Alabama. <laughs> Restoration, shout out to y'all, everybody else. And uh, I'm 17. I've been feeling like I was raised in church and stuff like that. I've been always told I'm going to be a preacher, I'm going to do something. But then I've started to feel useless because I don't have my license yet because I was too stressed and all that about it. So I had to 
I had it in my mind that I wasn't going to be able to do anything and that I was going to grow up old and all that and not be successful and not do what God called me to, even though I was waiting for an answer. And then my pastor, Aaron, where you at? Shout out to you. He prayed for me and told me that God said that I need to drop all the things I'm carrying and pick up what he wants me to and I'll be ready. And then the other day when we prayed, I felt like I felt ease in my heart, like I wasn't useless anymore, like I have something to do and that I have a purpose now and I'm going to find out soon. I just have to wait and listen and I'll be good. Thank you, man. Bless you. All right. They keep pointing at Aaron. Who keeps pointing? Do you, are you raising your hand? He's doing that. Yeah, Donovan's volunteering you. Do you have something, brother? Yes, come on up here. What's up, everybody? Aaron from Huntsville, Alabama Restoration Church. So for me personally, uh, I'm open up a little bit. Uh, for me, God spoke to me to trust God for today. And uh, my wife and I are going through some struggles in terms of having children. And it's been like a, a thought a lot all throughout this week. But every day, God says, trust me for today. And so like that's been like an anchor for me. And uh, I just pray it's an encouraging thing for you. Like whatever you're going through, like trust God for today. He provides for today and he's faithful. So yeah. Thank you, brother. Awesome. That's so good. We'll do a little bit more of this tomorrow. How about that? Tomorrow morning. This is really good. Do you guys enjoy that? Hearing testimonies, stories of other people? Yeah. That's strong. Hey, if you got your Bible, why don't we grab it? We're going to spend a few minutes in the Word together. And we're going to stay with Samuel. So go back to 1 Samuel. And we're going to go somewhere. And we're really going to set ourselves up even for tonight. But go to 1 Samuel chapter 3, and, you know, last night we really talked about how Samuel got started, that his mother was a barren woman and cried out to God. God heard her. God answered her prayer and gave her a son. She dedicated that son, Samuel, to his service. What I didn't get into last night is, even though at that point she had been barren, she gave her only son to God, and then in response, God gave her multiple children. So not only did she get the one son she asked for, she actually ended up having multiple children. And that lady who I told you about, Panina, yeah, you remember her name, Panina. We'll just call her Felicia. How about that? That way we can tell her bye. So anyways, you have Panina, and guess what? So she's ridicules Hannah, but after Hannah has a child, we never hear from Panina again. Wow. Everybody say bye, Panina. Exactly. Yeah, when God does miracles in your life, it really does shut the voice of every lie that the enemy would try to throw your direction. Several people whose testimonies we just heard, they had heard really discouragements and lies from the devil. That's really where all of those come from about their own worth and about the future of their life. And here God speaks and Honestly, as God fulfills those promises, every lie, we'll call them haters, every hater will be silenced. Every single one of them, every struggle that's going on in your heart or your mind, they become silenced in the name of Jesus. Every single one of them. And so Samuel begins to grow up uh, after this time, and he's growing up in the house of God. We talked about that last night. But I want to start in First Samuel chapter 3. We're going to start at verse 19. It says, so Samuel 
grew. Everybody say grew. grew. This is so simple, and I'm going to stay pretty simple today, but so Samuel grew. In other words, Samuel didn't go from zero to 100 overnight. He didn't become like this little boy into a man overnight. He had to grow. He had to grow. One of my favorite things is, you know, my kids, I have an 11-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 6-year-old. In fact, I have a picture if we could throw it up there. The friends at the booth will throw it up there for us. That's the fam. Thank you. It is Father's Day. And so, uh, and that's my wife, Lilia. She was born in Mexico City. And so all my kids are half Caucasian, half Mexican. And uh, they're beautiful. But I love it when my kids say, yeah, when I was little, you know, I used to think, I'm like, what do you, last year? Like, what are you talking about, right? So even with my own kids, and you can take it down, but even with my own kids, uh, they have to grow. They have to grow. There's so many things that even in my own experience, I'm going to be 37 on Tuesday, and I still have to grow. So Samuel, though he was called, he heard from God, he still had to grow. And so I think in a lot of times in our culture especially, we want to like arrive to like the destination of our life yesterday. I want to be like perfect today. I want to be like the people that I see on stage or the people that I see on social media or the, the other people that I look up to. I want to be like them today. But I have news for you. You got to grow. You got to grow. In fact, just look at your neighbor and just tell them, grow up. <laughs> yeah, just tell them, grow up. And here's the good note. Here's the good news. You will. You will grow up. You don't have an option. You will grow up. This, is, this might be an embarrassing uh, example, but if you look at like an 11-year-old or 12-year-old boy as opposed to an 18-year-old boy, there's, there is a difference. And besides muscles, it's usually hair. Like when you're younger, you don't have hair. And then the older you get, you start to have hair in, you know, under your armpits, and then you start to have like little peach fuzz, and then eventually it becomes something more significant. So we all are going to grow up. There's no option about it. As much as you're like, I don't want to have hair, or I don't want to deal with that. Well, you're going to. Why? Because you're going to grow up. Well, there's things even in your own walk with the Lord where you're going you're gonna to have to grow. One of the things you're going to grow, grow in is hearing God. So a couple of people even in their testimony shared that, you know, they hadn't until recently heard God speak. And so that was a place of discouragement. But I don't want anybody here to be discouraged that you haven't heard God. Because part of what I shared with you last night is Samuel, he didn't hear from God day one of serving and being and living in the house of God. That happened over time. So our job is to stay in the right place. You will hear him. You will. So there's no need to be discouraged or believe, oh, I'm different, or God doesn't love me, or God's not with me. No, no, no. You just stay in the right place. He will speak to you. So even after God speaking to him, it says, so Samuel grew, and listen, and the Lord was with him. Look at this. And let none of his words, the words of Samuel, fall to the ground. In other words, everything Samuel did it's like God carried it all the way through until what Samuel had said actually happened. Now, think about this, y'all. What if every word that's come out of your mouth actually happened? 
<laughs> yeah, it's hitting some of y'all right now. Some of the things you've done said. And what you, who you said it to and who you said it about. This is what it said about Samuel. That the Lord was so with Samuel... God carried all of Samuel's words and made sure they all happened. Can you imagine having that kind of place with God that everything comes out of your mouth? God sees to it that he literally, and I just see this picture of like he carries it and sees to it all the way to the place that it actually happens. Can you imagine? One of the things I think would make you do this is you'd watch what you say. You'd watch what you post. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, I probably wouldn't post that, or I wouldn't like that, or I wouldn't repost it, or right? Why? Because you realize, no, 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 I'm accountable to him, and I don't want to lose him by me doing whatever I want to do and say whatever I want to say. No, I want to be so tight with God that he trusts me so much so that everything comes out of my mouth. He's like, oh yeah, I'm going to make sure that happens. That's trust. That's trust. Anybody here have a best friend? Yeah, many of you. Best friend. So, can you imagine being so much of a best friend with somebody that you're like, yo, everything you say, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make it happen. If you say, I want to be a movie star, I'm going to make that happen for you. Let's go to Hollywood. Right? Or if they say, I want to be a music producer, you're like, all right, let's go. I'm going to give all my $10 in my savings account to you, and we're going to make an album. Right? Well, best friends, you kind of understand that because you're like, I want to help you. Whatever you got, I want to be a part of that and vice versa. I would, we want to do this together. There's a partnership there. That is the relationship that Samuel had with God. God didn't let any of his words fall to the ground. He's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with you, and I'm going to make sure something happens in your life, and we're going to work together. So this is what happened in verse 20. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba, in other words, from south to north, knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Here's what prophet means, y'all. It just means you speak for God. It means you speak for him. It means his words are your words and your words are his words. They're, they're interchangeable. There's really no difference. So everybody in this nation, it would be like in the United States of America, it'd be like everybody who knows Aaron would know that God established Aaron as one who speaks for him. So then if Aaron comes and stands in front of us and says something, we don't just hear Aaron, we hear God. That's what happened with Samuel. And at this point, he's still a young man. I mean, he's not an old dude yet. He's still a young man. But he's now grown in the things of God. And it says he's grown in, with, in favor. By this point, you read it last night, he grew in favor with both God and men. Well, that growing has now produced somebody who when he stands up and speaks, everybody hears God speak. And I want to make this really plain to you because the reason why I'm going to really hit on Samuel last night, to, today, and even into tonight is because I really believe that God is raising each of you and collectively, as you're 
age group, your generation, he's raising you as Samuels in our culture. It's on you. It's on you. It's on you in such a way that if you'll allow yourself to grow in God and stay in the right place, that God will take you to environments, he'll take you to rooms, he'll put you in front of people groups, that when you stand up and speak, they don't just hear Donovan, they hear God. They don't just hear JJ, they hear God. That's what's on you guys. And you say, nah, that's not on me. Yes, it is. The choice that you have is whether, whether you want to step into that or not. Or do you want to just keep your own voice and your own influence and your own ways of doing things, which is going to be about this big compared to what God has for you? Do you hear me? See, what God has for you is so much more than how many followers are you going to get on any stupid social media platform that will probably be out of style in about five years. You know, like you're, you're making these TikTok videos and I'm just telling you in about three years, you're going to be embarrassed that you made them. I'm serious. You're going to go back through and start deleting stuff because you're like, oh gosh, I don't want my employer. I don't want my new boyfriend. I don't want my new girlfriend to see what I made back then. So let's not put too much emphasis on things that are about three years old, okay? Like you're, you're, you're going to be over them in about three years. So let's guard our influence. Let's guard our voice. Let's guard what God wants us to do. And let's put our priorities on the right things. It's just rain. We're good. Everyone's like, Jesus, is that you? Are you coming back? He's just confirming that I'm speaking for him right now. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> what we need is thunder, and that would really shake it up a little bit. But you guys hear what I'm saying? That God wants to do in you like what he did in Samuel. But I want to carry this forward a little bit, okay? But I'm going to need everybody's attention, because if you miss this, you're going to miss a key component of what's going to lead us into tonight. And tonight is going to get lit. Tonight's going to get crazy, okay? Good. Sounds like you're ready. Are you ready? I don't know if you're ready. We'll see. She's ready. Yes. So here's what happened. So here is Samuel, the son of a barren woman. He gets established by God as a prophet in Israel. Everybody in Israel knows about this dude. Again, Israel is a nation. It's just like the United States. It's literally as if everybody knew your name and knew that person speaks for God. So that's what happened with Samuel. Well, then as we fast forward in Samuel's uh, life, actually, in fact, in 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 1, it says, and the word of Samuel came to all Israel. So God gave Samuel a platform that helped his voice, his word, go to the whole country. In the whole nation. And by the way, no one installed Samuel as that. God set him up with that. You actually never find a moment where somebody came and laid hands on Samuel and said, oh, this is what you're going to do. This is what's happening. And this, we're going to put you in some sort of position. God just put him there. God gave him the influence. God established him. So don't be discouraged if no one points you out and says, you're the man of God. You're the woman of God. God will do it for you. You don't need anybody else to see it. Do you hear me? You don't need anybody else to see it. 
You don't need anybody to post about it on you or put it on their website or to send out an email about you. God will make sure that it happens. But here's what happened with Samuel as he went forward. So Samuel was used by God to set up a king in Israel. The people in Israel asked for a king. God reluctantly said, all right, I'll give you a king. That king's name was Saul. So Samuel went, anointed Saul, warned Israel, because you've asked for this, things are not going to go well for you. But God's saying, fine, here's, here's the answer to your request. Gave him Saul. Saul ended up disobeying God. And here's what happened with Samuel. So in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 26, Saul sinned. And here comes Samuel, the prophet, the one who speaks for God and says in verse 26, but Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you for you have rejected the word of the Lord and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. This is harsh. This is real. This is the real stuff. And as Samuel turned around to go away, Saul seized the edge of his robe and tore it. So Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to your neighbor of yours who is better than you. And also the strength or God of Israel will not lie or relent for he is not a man that he should relent. So here's uh, Samuel, this one who speaks for God, who was at one point just a young man, just like y'all, who grew up in the house of God, became a prophet of God. He's now pulling down a whole king. But I want you to notice how he does it. He does it by speaking for God. Listen, this is so important because what we see all over the news, what you see all over the place is people doing things in their own strength and their own voice and their own influence. When Samuel came to Saul, he didn't come with his own influence. He came and spoke for God. First, he heard from God. Then he came and spoke for God. There is a charge on you and on this generation to speak for God. And to speak for him, you have to hear him. That's why we started last night with hearing him. So to speak for him, you have to hear him. But this is what this means, is when you come to someone like a king, people of influence in our culture and society, you better come with more than just your opinion. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but any opinionated people in here? Some people raise their hand anyways. That means you're real opinionated, right? You just have opinions about everything. I don't like that she wore that. I don't know why they have their hair like that. I don't like that show. I don't like that music. I don't like that food, right? We have like all these kinds of opinions. And none of those things in and of themselves are bad necessarily. But when you come to a place where God wants to use you, you better come with his words. And there's something of a call of God on each of you Where he says, if you'll let me, I'll speak through you. So not only will he speak to you, he'll speak through you. Y'all see the difference? So in other words, he'll give you messages that you're not just supposed to take for yourself. You're supposed to share it with other people. One way to say this is you'll become God's mouthpiece. His words are now your words. So here's Samuel, and he's telling this king, God's not even with you anymore. That wasn't Samuel's opinion. That wasn't Samuel's preference. That's not what Samuel wanted. That was just truth. And he was coming and saying, no, no, God's not even with you anymore. You're done. Can you imagine the risk and the guts that took on Samuel's part? Because the king could have said, you're dead, bro. 
just chopped his head off. I'm not going to chop your head off, but you know, he could have just, he could have just knifed him right there. Just could have took him out. So there took a conviction on Samuel's part that says, no, 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 I speak for God. So this is what happened. Samuel spoke for God, told Saul, you're no longer king. God's not going to honor you. God's not going to keep you in place anymore. But guess what Samuel didn't do? Samuel didn't take his crown and rip it off his head and throw it on the ground and says, you're no longer king. He didn't do anything in the natural that affected it. He just basically prophesied. He spoke for God. It said, this is the way it is. And then he walked away. He walked away. Why? Because he knew my job's to speak for God. My job is not to be God. So years later was actually when Saul actually got removed from office officially because he actually got killed in battle. But in the middle of this, when God says, Saul, you're no longer king, here's what God used Samuel to do. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. Are y'all with me? Shake your neighbor. Make sure they're awake. Come on, shake them good. Like, wake up. Come on, speak for God right now and say, wake up. (laughs) First Samuel chapter 16. First Samuel chapter 16. I'm going to look at verse seven first. So actually God took Samuel and said, I want you to go anoint a new king. Go to Jesse's house. So there's this family who's the patriarch or the father was Jesse. He said, go over there, go to Jesse's house. The new king is there. And this is what he told Samuel. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Because here's what happened. Samuel goes to Jesse's house And the dad brings out all his sons from oldest to youngest, except for one. One he left out in the field because he just assumed, well, surely that's not the one. It must be one of my older sons. So one by one, Samuel's kind of testing each of the sons to see, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? And God's saying, nope, none of those are it. He says, for man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So that's why some of you, it's so important that you understand God doesn't see things as we see them. So if you want to speak for him, you have to see things like he sees them. You have to see people like he sees them. Because he doesn't look at people and say, oh, you're the most talented. Obviously, you're going to be the leader. Or, oh, you have the best voice, so obviously you're going to be the worship leader. Or, oh, you speak really good in front of people, so obviously you're going to be the camp speaker. No, no, God doesn't look at those things. He looks at right in between your ribs. He looks at the heart. He looks at the heart. He sees what's going on right in there. And when your heart is after God, God says, oh, no, I'll use you. So God is telling this prophet, Samuel, and that's what God wants to share with some of y'all today. Don't look like other people see. Don't look at, oh, they're really good looking, so they must be, they're going to be something special. No, no, God doesn't see things like that. Oh, they're really tall, so God's going to use them because only tall people can be used, you know? 
or oh, they're really short, so they're going to be really used because God uses short people. I, I mean, you know, make it up, whatever you think. No, no, God doesn't look at things that way. So here's Samuel. He's going one by one by one by one. And he finally asked the dad, do you have any other sons? Because none of these are it. And the dad's like, well, I mean, I have this one son. What's that kid's name again? You know, he's like, is he out in the field? Yeah, I have another son. He's out in the field caring for the sheep. And you know what is funny about David, who actually became a man of war, is even in the field, he would like play a harp and he would be very, he would write songs. I mean, he was a creative where are my creatives at here? Anybody, you're just into music and art and you're just real, you're like sports is not my thing, but I'll, I'll draw you a picture. You know, that was David. He was like, I mean, he was in his own planet, right? He was out there in the field and he's like playing, and then, but then he'd go kill a bear. So it's like, don't get it twisted. You know, he was creative, but he'll slit the throat of a bear, right? I mean, he was, he was no joke. So the dad says, all right, go call for David. And here's what Samuel said in verse 12. So he sent and brought him in. Now he, David, was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. This is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel was not only used by God to pull down one king, Samuel was used by God to set up the new king, and that was the king God said was a man after his own heart. That king was the king that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ would come from his lineage. So let me break it down for you. When you step into a place where you're speaking for God and God is speaking through you and God is making sure none of the words that come out of your mouth fall to the ground. In other words, he makes sure they all come to pass. Then you get into a place where God will trust you with nations. God will trust you with people groups. God will trust you with businesses. God will trust you with industries. God will trust you with families. God will trust you to set up things that some people would think that's, that doesn't make any sense. But what God is using you for is to do something that makes way for Jesus. See, what Samuel was is what I would call a reformer. He brought reform. He would pull down certain things and he'd set up other things according to what God would share with him. But here's where this is showing up in y'all's generation, Okay. Our generation, when you look at the news, they're not after reform, they're after revolution. And see, whenever you're trying to make change in the natural, it's going to be revolution. Here's the definition of revolution. Revolution means a forcible and violent overthrow of a government or social order in favor of a new system. That's revolution. So when I turn on the news, what I see is revolution. Even Jesus, when he came... His own disciples wanted him to create a revolution and overthrow government. And Jesus said, that's not why I came. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which, which was lost. I didn't come to pull down any political order. I came up to set up the kingdom of God. And those are two different things. Jesus came to reform 
that which was already here and he came to reform it. Here's what reform means. Reform means to put or change into an improved form or condition, to amend or improve by change of form or removal of faults or abuses, to put an end to an evil by enforcing or introducing a better method or course of action, to induce or cause to abandon evil ways. That's reform. And this is what I know, whether y'all fully grasp it or not, there is, a, there is a thing on you. The Bible would call it an anointing, but there's something on you guys, each of you, every single one of you, 11 all the way to 18, 19 years old, to reform our world, not to revolutionize it. God didn't call you to violence. He didn't call you to fight people. He didn't call you to fight for your own way and fight for your own thinking. He didn't call you to fight for him. He called you to reform. He called you to cause people to abandon their evil ways. What, I, what do I mean by evil? I mean sin, outright wrong things. I mean, you, you look any direction and there's evil in our world right now. But he didn't call, call you just to kind of like hang out in that. He called you to reform it. He didn't call you to fight it and, you know, fight them in and bring violence. And no, 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 no. He called you to set up a new way. He called you to set up a better way. He called you to bring the kingdom of God. And so much of the example and the model of that is Jesus and his ministry himself. So much of that example is right here with Samuel. Samuel came and he just spoke for God. When he showed up on the scene, he just said whatever God wanted him to say. He didn't throw one punch at these men. He didn't come to Saul and say, I'm going to take you out. No, he just spoke for God. He spoke for God. He spoke for God. He spoke for God. Do not underestimate your voice. One of the reasons why so many people in your generation feel unseen and silenced is because as God's trying to amplify your voice, the devil's trying to silence it. Especially those of you who feel like you're in a minority group, there's a reason why there has been an effort that's so much more than some sort of social system to silence you. It's because the devil wants you silenced. The devil wants your literal breath snuffed out. Why? Because he knows if you start speaking for him, his kingdom gets broken down and God's kingdom gets set up. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Come on, wave at me if you hear me. This is important. Yeah, you got it, Donovan. Yeah. How many of you have ever felt unseen or unheard before? Raise your hand. Yeah. Many, if not all of you. There's a reason for that. And the reason is because the adversary of your soul knows that if you start speaking for God, this whole thing's going to get turned on its head. This whole thing that we see that's the, the, the tide that's happening in our culture, the division, the disunity. That's why I love that our theme is one. All of that is going to start to get dismantled. And then the kingdom of God is going to start being ushered in. 
So how you use this right here, and I don't just mean your audible voice, what you post online, all of that counts. And God is challenging you. If you'll steward his voice, he will use you to reform things that you never thought he would ever use you for. He will use you in institutions and universities. He'll use you in workplaces and industries. He'll use you. So tonight, when we come back, this is what we're going to do. When we come tonight, we're going to ask God to fill us with his spirit because that's the only way you're going to be able to do this. Because some of you, as I'm talking, you're like, I, I don't even know how that's going to happen. Exactly. You need God. You're not smart enough. You ain't cute enough. You're not handsome enough. Your hair's not did enough to do this, right? You need him. You need him. You need his spirit. And you don't just need a one-time, like, Holy Ghost goosebump. You need him. So when you come tonight, I'm going to ask you a big favor. Come ready for him. Can you come ready? Okay, five of you are going to be ready. Awesome. Can you all be ready? Yeah, because what I just kind of taught you through and just kind of placed into this camp, it's going to take shape and it's going to be cemented tonight. It's going to be placed inside of you to where when you go back to school this fall, God's going to use your voice. Oh yeah, he's going to use your voice. Some of you, you're going to tell some of those bullies, uh, you don't want to mess with me there, bro. Or girl or whatever. You don't want to mess with me. Because God will cut you. No, I'm just kidding. Don't tell him that. I'm just kidding. Kind of. Let's do this. What's the time? I don't see the time. 11, 26? 27. Okay. Brandon, what time do we have till? Till 12? Okay, perfect. So here's what I want us to do. Um, I want us to kind of do what we did yesterday. And I want you to get in groups of like four or five, something in, in that. Don't move yet. Here's what I want you to just begin to dream about. What would it look like if God started to use your voice right now? What would it look like? Leaders, help me with this so that you can remind them what I'm asking. What would it look like if God started to use your voice right now? And what would it look like if God started to use you to reform, to bring positive change to cause people to abandon evil. What would that look like in your world, in your family, in your school, work, whatever? What would that look like? All right? Go ahead. Break up into the groups, and we'll give you about 15 minutes to talk through that. All right, y'all. Why don't you turn your seats back this way? I would love for, like, three people to rep your group and come share. So the first three to the front can share. First three to the front that will rep your group. Come, come, yep. One more? Yes. Oh, no, no, you can come. We'll do four. Oh, right there. All right. Say your name. Shh. We're going to you don't want to be first. Okay, she went last. Okay, so say your name, where you're from, and then just rep your group a bit of what you guys talked about. Okay. My name is Caitlin. I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, Lakeshore. 
and basically we're talking about just the power of words and how, I mean, I'm a big jokester, and I know a lot of people in our group, like, we love to joke around and stuff, but sometimes the things that you can say can be hurtful and it can tear people down, just talking about the importance of, like, you know, you can build people up so much, and yeah, that was really good. Super good, yeah. Power of speaking for God is encouraging people. Yeah, thank you, Kaylin. Yes, sir. My name is Parker Maynard. I'm from Hope Chapel at Apex, North Carolina. And our our group talked a lot about, um, you know, school-wise. Our, our, you know, school is stressful. A lot of us are in high school, some of us in middle school. We probably have maybe, what, two, three, four hours of homework a night. You know, we we just want to make a reminder, you know, God's with us through it, no matter how stressful the homework can get. You know, we also brought up the fact that we ought to, put a limit on how much you know we go for God not saying going over the top is bad but some of us I myself mostly um we get argumentative over it we sit here and we get in these arguments with people about you know is God real is he not and it turns from you know showing you know our faith into God to proving a point and it's it's super important that we don't turn God and just to a point to win and that we show it as, you know, hey, this man is amazing and he loves us. Amen. Thank you, bro. Super good. By the way, I don't know how many of you guys I've seen that have bloody knuckles. Gaga ball, apparently. So the nurse, you're really busy, apparently. God bless you. I'm Ariana. I'm from New Hope in Concord. Um, our group really talked about listening to God for words to say to people. Like when you don't like how they're talking about other people in the group. Um, and like just using your words and your voice to help spread kindness and um, tell more about God to families and schools and stuff. Really good. Thank you. Awesome. All right, girl, your turn. Hi, my name is Brianna, and I'm from Dallas, North Carolina, with Restoring Hope. So our group talked about how we can get closer to God if we read the Bible more, and if someone is, like, not really know about God, you can teach them about Him so they can learn more about Him and teach other people about God and more and more. So good. Way to go. You did it. All right, hold up. Anybody from Alabama going to rep? I just keep feeling like Alabama needs a rep. Come on, Bama. Roll Tide. All right, come on, girl. Oh, JJ, too. Both of you. No, you come, too. Yep. I'm JJ again. Hey, everybody. And our group was talking about how we can use our age because when people think about preachers and pastors and stuff, you think like an old dude that's walking around like this, you know, whatever, (laughs) talking crazy, whatever. But like, no, you're cool, bro. You're cool. But we were talking about... (laughs) We were talking about how you can, like, use your age because when people hear kids talk about God passionately, and then we were also talking about using, like, you know, your personality, too, being chill and 
having good vibes when you're talking to people instead of being like Jesus loves us and um, he's cool and like what you know have good personality talk to everybody and then people will come to God because they see that we all you know our people we are oh my God hold on. <laughs> we have our own personalities and we show that through Christ and that we share it even though we're young we still have a heart for God and we show that it doesn't matter what age you are you can still be hard at work for God no matter what age you are that's all. <laughs> Awesome. You got it. Yes, ma'am. Introduce yourself. And you're from Bama, right? Okay. Um, I'm Abby from Huntsville, Alabama Restoration. Um, my group, we really just talked about how we can use our relationships to show more about God and that we can, even if people we don't know, we can tell them about God and like through sports and Academic, more academic stuff, we can show our friends and new people more about God. Great job. Thank you. You guys want to stand to your feet? I asked, um, there you go. Stretch it out. Work it out. There you go. All right. Let me have your attention. A couple more minutes, y'all. So, I told you that tonight is so important, honestly. It's more than just an experience. It's more than just something to get hype about. It's actually very real. Holy Spirit's very real. And uh, I remember when I was your age, I was baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, a very young age. And since then, have been growing in that and continuing to want more of him and more of that. And uh, I'll even share with you a little bit tonight of just things that, how that's shown up in my life, just amazing things. When I was growing up, I grew up in a rural part of North Carolina, Greensboro, North Carolina, but I didn't even grow up in a city. I grew up by like, you know, the chicken coops. Anybody live near a chicken coop? It smells horrible. You know, I, literally we would have something that y'all probably have called FFA day. Future Farmers of America, any farmers in the house, right? And it was on that day, everybody would bring their tractors to school. Sometimes I'd be like, God, where am I, right? That's where I grew up. But see, God did very much to me, what I shared with you is what he did with David. He brought somebody to come and find me and pull out of me something I didn't even know was there. And then since that point, been all over the world doing what God said I would do when I was your age. So it started in that place. It started with me yielding my own self to God and asking him, God, fill me, fill. I remember being like 13, 14, 15 years old. I'd come to the altar at the camps like this and I would weep. I would just cry. Why? Because I knew I want this. And I'd be so touched by God. It wouldn't even be emotional in the sense of I felt bad or anything. I just felt so moved because he was so real. So real. So I wanted us to sing this song kind of as just like a prayer and like a bridge to tonight. We're going to have a lot of fun this afternoon. A lot of cool things are going to happen. But I want to sing this song that we sang last night, Make Room. So I would love it if y'all just kind of engage in this as a prayer and it's kind of like a prep. You're just prepping your heart. 
We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.